strangers and friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. And when I say thank you for tuning in to the Monkey Tooth Podcast, I really mean it because there is a clock ticking over your head that is counting down the moments until you take your very last breath. And if you're going to spend any of that time listening to us, whew, that's, a, that's nice for us and we really appreciate it. Who are we? I'm Andrew and my wife, Tiffany. Uh, is one of the couches, and we're making this podcast, and we've been making it every other week, every other Tuesday, in fact, uh, but we're changing that shit up, and it's about to be every week, because we're meeting lots of uh, fun and interesting people on the road. As we travel from California, which we've done left, we're currently in Oregon, and we're working our way to Alaska, we're going to hang out there, and then work our way south, down to South America, Argentina. And then maybe back, who knows. But uh, anyhow, we're on that journey right now. We're currently in Oregon, Oregon, and we're having a great time. We're at a beautiful farm we were invited to, thanks to um, Instagram and having been on Chris Ryan's podcast. That's uh, it, been awfully good to us. So uh, welcome new listeners who are now listening to us because of that. Uh, we're very, very grateful to have you here. And we're hopefully going to not make uh, bullshit that you don't want to listen to. Hopefully we're going to keep making stuff that you enjoy. Speaking of which, our guest today is a guy that uh, my wife and I met over, uh, over the holidays, actually, before, before we left on our journey. His name is Peter Funk. I think in the States they call it Funch, which that's kind of fun, but Funk is way cooler. Uh, he is from Denmark. And he is an interesting character for sure. He's a physical therapist. And he and his partner are looking to um, create a child through surrogacy. Uh, Tiffany and I are decidedly not going to have children. Um, I'll be fully transparent. I had a vasectomy, um, which honestly, it was free. Like We can talk about that another time. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I had a vasectomy, and we're not having kids, but we are fascinated by the people who want to have them. So this is the first in kind of a series of interviews we are doing with um, parents, and uh, the, the first couple are, I would say, non-traditional parenting scenarios. Um, this one with Peter and his partner. Peter is gay and has uh, has a partner, and they've they're navigating these crazy waters, and they're doing it with style and with a kind of calm grace that I think is, is beautiful. And they're doing it with an intention that I think, I don't know, a lot of, uh, a lot of new parents, gay, straight, or otherwise, could take a page from. Uh, they're, they're, they're just doing it in a good way. So you'll hear all about that in a minute um, with our guest, Peter Funk. I want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, especially uh, you know, the guys who've been there from the beginning, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you new people out there, it just blows our minds. Um, we're, we're so grateful. We were a little sheepish to ask for 
any kind of support monetarily from uh, from patrons or from the GoFundMe people. Um, just, you know, when you're starting something out, you don't know if it's going to be any good. I'm still not entirely certain that it's any good, but we're working hard to make it good. And I think that is worth some money. Um, and now that we're going to be doing them every other week, no longer, and doing them every week uh, for as long as we can until we don't, uh, it's, fuck yeah, it's worth more money. Why not, you know? If you're giving a buck a month, it's 25 cents per. That's a pretty good deal, I guess. You know, if this is what you'd like to do with your uh, your slowly whittling time before you take your last breath, come on, check us out. Slide us a buck. Slide us five bucks or 20 or a thousand or one million dollars. We'll definitely appreciate it and we'll try not to feed you any bullshit. So uh, thank you, Patreon supporters. Thank you, GoFundMe people. Thank you, everyone who's becoming our, uh, I don't know if it's a friend or follower or whatever it is on Instagram and Facebook. That's nice. We like that. And uh, it honestly gives Tiffany a little something to do. You know, I'm looking at her right now, and I think that is actually what she's doing. Um, and you're going to get to hear from her at the end of the episode. So all you people who say that there's not enough Tiffany in here, you're right. But she's coming. She's coming for you at the end of the episode. So you got to either skip to the end or wait to hear her. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit of Peter Funk right now. I hope you enjoy this. Um, I certainly had a good time talking to him. I feel like I learned something. Maybe you will too. Uh, oh, yeah. And if you got any suggestions, questions, things you thought I should have asked, if you want to uh, jump onto my case for how I handled all this, whatever you want to say, mtp.dog. Go to contact and tell us something. We're all ears, okay? Thank you so much. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for You're being here. You're welcome. We are live. We are recording Ooh, in our in this cool. weird van. So this uh, cool van. It's it very is a cool van. Yeah, it is. It's. Uh, I I agree. I agree. I think it's cool. It is. It, it's a bit of uh, maybe. It's just weird to be parked on a street in the city. Living on the street. Yeah. Quotation times. Yeah. People ask, "Is this your house?" And I was like, "Well." Not yet. Kinda. Will be soon. Like, yeah. I aspire to moving into here. How's that? Yeah, exactly. So so you guys leaving from... So you still have the house up there or... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. We actually, we just sold it. So we've been living in an RV for the past three years. Yeah. Um, and uh, saving, you know, saving on the rent because it's mm-hmm. so expensive otherwise. Uh, oh, yeah. And we just sold it to our neighbors. Oh, cool. Which is pretty... Uh, was great timing. So we're uh, we're moving out this week. Wow. Yeah, it's a busy, busy week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you're starting traveling. That's and then be traveling. Yeah. Awesome. We're, we're going to go to Grass Valley and see some friends and then slow roll it up the coast and, and cool. slowly come back down and hopefully meet lots of people, you know, along the way and, and get turned on to this. Uh, it's really new to me, the whole um, social media thing and how that all connects and people, you know, link you up with so-and-so. Yeah. But it's been fascinating. 
Yeah. I, I mean, people from all over the world have been getting in touch with us. And yeah, how people and the, the way that you can connect with people that are so far away and then yeah. still you get a really close connection with them. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. So far, no close connections, but connections. No, no, but yeah, I mean yeah. connections. And, and then at one point you start connecting, like you'll have really close connections. With yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, for us, I mean, we you randomly meet people when you're traveling. You just know how that goes. You know, you just yeah. people, especially with this thing and with this weird looking little dog. Um, oh, he's you know, beautiful. People, he is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people see him and you know see the van and they're curious. They want to talk to you. And next thing you know, you're talking to somebody who's you know walked around Siberia or God knows what. You know. Yeah, you know, yeah. I suddenly, mean, you meet all kinds of people uh, traveling. Yeah. It's yeah. always interesting. It is. Yeah. Speaking of interesting, mm-hmm. that's you. Oh. You are an interesting guy. You, um, I'll, I'll do a bit of an intro mm-hmm. on you beforehand, but if you could give us a little, just like, who are you? Who are you, Peter Funch? Who am I? Am I saying your name correctly, Funch? F- in English. In English. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. In, in Danish, it's funk, funk, so it's more like funk. That's yeah. way cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I but but <laughs> yeah. Be so, <laughs> so yeah, over here they say Peter Funch. But uh, I'm a Dane mm-hmm. uh, who won the green card in the diversity visa lottery and American figured hands. why not try to go to the states and yeah. live the American dream. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing. And then there's been this whole surrogacy talk mm-hmm. lying underneath that. That I knew that if I was going to do surrogacy, I would have to do it here in the states. Right. Um, so that's kind of also primarily actually why I'm here. Yeah. And you are a physical therapist. I'm a physical therapist and work here in the city as a personal trainer, mm-hmm. uh, doing uh, body work and, and right. stuff like that. Now, do you have to get different certification to do physical therapy here? Are you still oh, are yeah. you in school now, or do you go no, through all that? No, no, You're no, not no. I have I could become a physical therapist mm-hmm. here um, due to a grandfather clause. I think they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would only need to become a master, okay. uh, have a master's degree. Whereas uh, physical therapy in Scandinavia is is a only a um, bachelor. Only a bachelor. Oh, yeah. Only. Uh, only. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I find that more than enough. But it's yeah. Yeah. So here it actually here's the doctorate now. But mm. because I graduated 15 years ago, they say what did what was it like in the states 15 years ago? And then they kind of oh that's cool. Yeah. So so, so you that, got those old laws to. Exactly. Right. So I only need to become a master of physical therapy if I want to to work here okay. as a physical therapist. But I don't. I mean, I don't have any desire to to study for two to more years. Yeah, yeah. And to spend a lot of money doing that, doing so that I can do what I already do. No, and what, yeah, elsewhere. exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm cool with uh, doing personal training, and I mean, I can use a lot of the knowledge that I have sure. through the personal training anyway. Absolutely. And I did a lot of personal training back in in Denmark. So yeah, I mean, with especially now the sort of online expert sort of atmosphere that exists, it yeah. really you're overqualified based on a lot of the advice that's being given online for oh. health and wellness and how to take care oh, of yourself. Oh, absolutely. And I see some of the other trainers that I work with, they're really skilled, mm-hmm. um, but they work in a totally different way because, I mean, personal training here versus personal training in Europe is, is different. Mm. Um, oh, probably also because of my background as a physical therapist. What do, what so, do you think the main difference is? What's the, what's the key um, marker? Probably the f- a lot of the trainers here do a lot of functional training, mm-hmm. throwing balls around and clipping right. tires and the whole CrossFit thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really good, but you just need to be sure that people 
all your clients are ready for it, and then they have right. the core strength and structurally yeah, sound. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. sometimes it feels like that some of the trainers here just kind of throw people into some stuff where I would be like, Ooh, I think we should wait just a little bit by Back doing up. this, do something like this instead. Yeah. I'm very much a, um, a TRX guy, mm. so I really love the TRX because you can use it anywhere. Right. Uh, yeah. And you can get so much core stability mm. and functional movements out of it. Yeah, so. the building of foundational strength. Yeah, absolutely. What I, um, I injured myself, or I was in a car accident um, okay. a couple years ago. Well, gosh, been five years now. Um, and it took me a really long time to get back into any kind of shape. And my wife and I really wanted to ride our bikes across the country. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I found um, a method, and I don't know if you may even know some of these people. It, it's called foundation training. No, it was a, a, kind of, of created by a guy out here, and I, okay. I used that um, exclusively to kind of help get my body back into a um, a sort of core strength mm -hmm. to be able to do all the things I wanted to do. And it's mm -hmm. real, you know, it's isometric. It's slow. It's not really stretching. It's warm up, you know, that sort of thing. But I think what happens a lot, or at least what happened with me, I used to be an athlete mm. and I wanted to just be able to hop right back in and be athletically exactly. sound and you just cannot. Yeah, and that's, that's what I often see if people come with an injury mm. and they say, oh, but then can you just make it go away? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I can make it go away. But you yeah. also have to start really slow yes. when you get back into it because yeah. some people are like, oh, I don't feel any pain now. So let's just go throw a ball. And yeah. like, mm, you probably don't want to do that. Yeah, you're just around um, the corner from pain. You just don't know it. Yeah, so a lot of stability and a lot of... Um, Functional training yeah. is, is good. Yeah. Well, that's so, cool. Yeah. So you've got a, a, you're trying to help people here doing good things. Yeah, and I love yeah. it here. I mean, the, um, San Francisco is amazing. Oh, God, I mean, I love this city. Incredible. The weather's nice yeah. uh, compared to Scandinavia. The the summer, uh, the winter here is just like it's almost like summer. Yeah, so, yeah I can imagine. So it's it's really nice. Uh, there's a lot of traveling back and forth. Yeah. Um, you do a lot of frequent flying. Huh? Yeah, I have um, I have a. A company back home uh, that does physical therapy at corporations so I tend to that uh, from here but also from there uh, and I have uh, nine consultants working for me oh there. wow yeah well, that's great yeah, yeah so they they work there and, yeah. and um, they're awesome. pretty self-sufficient and then mm. I just need to manage them here right. and there, but yeah. but they're, they're doing a really great job. That's great. So, yeah, it's not that I I don't make that much money off it, but it's still running, so that I yeah. when I come back at one point, sure. it will hopefully still be there. Absolutely, hopefully. Yeah. The uh, um, so your your partner is your partner American or or Danish? Yeah, he's American. American. Uh, yeah, we met in Copenhagen mm -hmm. when he was working there. Cool. And uh, yeah, it was a fun story because we we uh, swam in the same uh, gay swim club, and okay. uh, he was working there. And um, when we met, he knew that he was going to move to England, and I knew that I was going to move to the States. So we were both like, oh, this is, this will just be fun. Let's just have some fun. And then, yeah. of course, it turned very serious. And <laughs> now he's living there. I'm living here, and we're trying to kind of meet up in here, there, in England. Wow. Um, I, when I fly to Scandinavia and Denmark, I always fly British, British Airways. So, so I always have through. a stop in London. That's great. Um, and oftentimes he will come to Copenhagen for work, and we kind of coordinated. So we meet in Copenhagen. Yeah. Or he was just in New York for Easter's, um, meeting me. So I flew to New York, and he flew. So we kind of flew in from each side. What does he do? He's in um, healthcare software. Okay. So he's software engineering. Very nice. Yeah, Very management. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and how long have you been together? Um, a year and a half. Year and a half. That's yeah. Great. Yeah, time flies. The salad days, as they call them, the good days, the early days. Yeah, but but still, I mean, we only had only we had 
seven months together before yeah. and we never lived together but he, he lived in Copenhagen so did I but yeah. we saw a lot of each other and then we kind of moved very far apart yeah. and, uh, but it's been I think it's been really good so I mean having a distance I've not really had a lot of relationship experience with great distance in, in between me neither but, yeah but it works great I mean uh, thank yeah. God for FaceTime I mean sure. we, we FaceTime every almost every day and yeah. uh, like an hour half an hour and just, I think the way we set it up is really good some people when they FaceTime they kind of sit and look at each other and they just like okay so what did you do today I did this yes. blah 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 so what we sometimes do is like if he's cooking dinner he'll put up the, the iPad on the kitchen table and like you're hanging out and we're like hanging out yeah. I'll sit by my computer do my stuff um, and talk about how was your day and that's so great. it gets very. Um, it's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, and very a, ordinary. Like yeah, every yeah. every day, every very everyday life. Yeah, modern ordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we're so far apart, yeah. but it, it works great. And then when we're together, of course, it's so oh, nice to be have the physical person. Sure. But uh, yeah. I feel like um, I, today, for for reference, is my uh, anniversary, my wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations! We've been married for eight years today. Wow. Uh, we've been together for eighteen years. So our relationship can vote and go to war. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. But, uh, yeah. So uh, congratulations. We, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm a very lucky, lucky dude. Yeah, she's um, wonderful. Yeah, she's great. Uh, and I would say that even if she were here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you know, we we certainly it wasn't a fully contiguous 18 years. We split and did you know. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I think we're still pretty young, but we were obviously a lot younger for a good bit of our relationship. You know, you figure that yeah. sort of stuff out. But the you do find that when you've got time apart from one another, you get you get a little bit closer when you come back together. So each time you bounce back, you can come back to a little bit closer. Oh yeah, we're about to go the very opposite direction, where we're going to be uh, with each other constantly in this footprint for uh, two years. Yeah, and that's that's a whole unique challenge. You know, it is, but at the same time, I think as long as you're like uh aware of what's going on and and yeah. the, the challenges that that will give you yeah uh then i think you can work it out and and Absolutely. also the um, i think it's also just a question of being true to yourself and then taking a break sometimes and say okay yes. i need to go for a walk for myself Absolutely. and then just go for a walk and um someone needs to do something yeah. by themselves i mean i think yeah. that's just the way it works I've said i've said it many times before and i think i've probably already repeated it on this podcast more than once but it the, to travel with someone is an excellent way to know whether or not you want to be with them. Mm-hmm. Now, we we met a couple on our bicycle trip that were uh, they were in their sixties and seventies, okay, and they were wow. on a tandem bicycle. And it was their third cross country trip. Wow! And the guy, I was talking to him. It was just myself and the husband kind of chatting up, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "So man, how's you've done this quite a bit with your wife? How how do you guys get along?" And he said, "Let me tell you something." <laughs> So whatever direction you feel like your relationship is heading, uh, if it's going well, this bike and this proximity will take it to the upper stratosphere. You're going to mm. be doing great. But if it's not going so well, it will accelerate the demise of your relationship <laughs> in a way off. that you cannot possibly imagine. You will be in and out of that thing. But so this, this I feel is like a pretty good, you know. Yeah, it's a great picture here to that. Yeah. You know? yeah. But we definitely we know how to fight. You know, we know mm. how to win to get away from each other, and um, we've we've even talked about it recently. Like, okay, so you almost have to have like a safe word for when someone's getting on your nerves. You know, yeah. like, okay, look, you know, yeah, it was just someone yeah. walking by. Some people walking by, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. 
Yeah, yeah, some kind of like, okay, I need a break now. Yeah, and, you've got to leave me alone, please. Yeah, and also, I mean, I think it's also the other one has to know that it's nothing personal. Mm. So I need a break to be myself now, but yes. that does not necessarily have anything to do with you. It's right. just, I just need to be myself. Yeah. And, and if it uh, does have to do with you, don't you don't you still don't even have to take that personally. No, no, know? no. But but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So, and then I think also just the the open dialogue and being mm. um, yeah open and honest is yeah. And I think that goes for anything. For just I mean yeah, yeah. Well, if you're working with someone, if you're trying to whatever yeah. it is, raising kids or whatever you need to do yes, with, uh, with someone. So speaking of raising kids, yeah, good segue, nicely <laughs> yeah. done. Is this your first podcast? This is my first podcast, but I've done a, done a lot of coaching, and I'm very good at segways. <laughs> yes, yes. So I want to um, obviously talk to you about something specific today. Uh, you mentioned surrogacy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, to me, and I'll just primer. I mean, my wife and I are we're out of the gene pool. I actually had a vasectomy a couple of years ago. We, okay. We, we've, we're committed fully to being selfish, mm -hmm. <laughs> selfish people, but we're we're. Um, enamored of children and people who make them and are good parents and I, I love the idea that you and your partner um, are I mean, uniquely committed mm. to being parents in yeah. a way that um, I, don't, I mean I knew about surrogacy but I didn't really get the full picture until you and I spoke a little bit at, at around the holidays so if you want to yeah. I don't know where you want to begin if you just want to oh, tell yeah. me a little well, bit. Oh yeah. Well, actually it. I'd like to start about uh, you said selfish with not having kids. Yeah. I would say kids, I would say that having kids is also very selfish. Mm. Um, and a lot of people take it for granted. Yes. Uh, especially a lot of straight people take it for granted that's sure. what we do and then we have kids. Then there are straight people, straight I'm, couples who have we can do it by issues. mistake. Exactly. And <laughs> but there are also those who have issues and have medical sure. um, things that does Reclusion make it more make it more difficult. Right. And so they have to go through things as well, IVF and stuff. But and then there are uh, us, uh, the gay couples, mm -hmm. um, that really need someone else to help us because yeah. a guy just still still can't carry a child. Right. Um, and I don't know if it'll, if it will ever be possible, but if it was, I don't think that's a place I would want to go. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I wanted to know if, let's just say, in the future, they discovered a way for a man to carry a child. Yeah. A, a, would you, and which one of you would do it? I don't. It's nothing. It's not something it, we've ever talked really, about. I but I can just say that I wouldn't want to. I yeah. that wouldn't. It's not a feeling that I would. Yeah. I, I still would want to to feel like the the father. I guess not not carrying the, the child. Right, that would right. be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's yeah, a no, it's an interesting question um, that I haven't really thought about before. But the surrogacy is, is yeah, it's it's choice. It's, yes. uh, so we definitely choose to have kids, and it's not something that we just do by mistake or, no, or yeah. that just comes up. It's like, okay, do we want to do this mm -hmm. or do we not? So it's a very conscious choice. Yes. Um, but 
And, and, and a lot of, of my friends consciously choose not to have kids. Sure. And then there are those who choose to have, a, have kids with a, a lesbian friend or a straight girlfriend and, and, and share the kids. That's very common yes. in, uh, in Scandinavia um, or in so Denmark. Share as in like... As in, this is your mom. I'm your dad. Yeah, part and of just them. like we're divorced, uh, kind yeah. of like a divorced couple. Um, you stay with mom. They just get along. <laughs> they just get along, and well, most of them. Um, sure, I imagine. So, uh, so you're with mom one week and with dad another week, and and then dad might have a husband and mom might have a wife or a husband or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So that's the way it works. Um, and that was actually my original thought. That was the way mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to go, right? Have kids. But um, then I, I spoke to my friends, and I know some people who did it this way. And what I realized was that the, when it when it works, it's usually uh, this is a very generalization, of course. But it's usually when when the man and the woman knows each other beforehand. Right. So they have a history. They have a a longer knowledge of each other. What does this person stand for? What are their views on raising a child? Sure. Uh, what what are their cultural background? Yeah. All those things. Um, there are sites online in Denmark where you can go and find a, a man or a woman who wants to do the same thing. Right, yeah. So and then you can get to know each other and then you can have a have a baby together. Um, I tried that, and I must say that the the people that are the women that I met, they were really sweet, and um, some of them would probably have been a great option. But I just never really knew them well enough to sure. go through with it. Yeah, because I, what, what what would they be like? Um, for racing, I mean, racing a child. Yeah, it's do a whole new do, relationship. I might as well have. Yeah, a, and and do we have yeah. the same ideas? Do we have the same cultural thoughts about how to raise a child? And, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with a partner. You don't sure. know until you get the partner. So, yeah. and all this was before I met my partner. Mm. So I was going through this um, process of trying to figure out what how to do it, and then I realized that I didn't want to share it with someone. That, that wasn't, wasn't a my partner. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't want a, a stranger, a, a, a stranger more or less, to to be half of the yeah of the yeah. of the relationship. Also because I've seen some some cases where it's gone really bad, mm. and even though um, Denmark is very uh, equal in in maternal and paternal rights, mm. it's oftentimes the mom that gets the most say. And I, I have zero experience with this, but I would imagine. I mean, I could certainly see it in the states where things would skew far afield from a gay couple. Yeah, People that would, is actually not as bad in Denmark. I would say bad. that that's not uh, that's that. I don't think the gay thing would be an issue. Uh, I would more say that it's because it's the mom, Just a and mom versus yeah m- versus sure. the dad. But I would sure. say that in Denmark, it's coming, it's becoming more and more equal. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's it is, great. and and um, yeah. So so, but I've seen cases where um, the moms have moved to another part of Denmark and the dads were like oops that's like and and the moms in according to Danish law the moms have to pay for transfer for the kids to go back and forth um, but still it's still, like if you yeah. have a kid that's two three years old and you live uh, four hours away you, can, you get to see them every second weekend sure. and and that's not that's not how I want it to be a father no, no. so um, so I've yeah, my ideal was fifty-fifty, or right, share it with right. uh, with a woman close by. So I just never knew. I never had that secure right. secure feeling with the the, the women that, that I met. You know where it's going to land. Yeah, 
Now, uh, so that that's why I chose surrogacy. Yes. Then I was like, okay, surrogacy, that's the way I want to go. And um, surrogacy is illegal in the European Union. Is it uh, illegal? As illegal. Okay. Yeah. So it's not legal. And um, it's even illegal for me as a Danish citizen to do it in the U.S. and bring the kids back. What are the repercussions for having done that? Uh, you can get a fine and you can get imprisonment up to, I think, it's six months. Wow. Yeah. But um, I've, I have friends who are lawyers who are working with this kind of things, and they say that they've never seen anyone get imprisoned because of it, and and especially because you bring back small children, and then they say, oh, you're the the single parent, or for these kids, we're going to put you to prison. They won't do that. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, who would go to jail? Would both people go to jail? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, even, yeah, yeah that's you can't even imagine. So, so wow. it's not, uh, it's not something that is commonly enforced. What's, do you know, I mean, this might be too much of a question to ask, but what, what's the justification for it being illegal? Do you know what the, the case law is? Oh yeah, that, I think the case and the, the reason why they still have it illegal is because they're afraid that some women might see uh, surrogacy as a way to make money and to to live a life if they yes. need if they're in need of money and need so right. some, so to protect them to protect the women of not ending up having to do surrogacy kind of out of need hmm. um, so it's like prostitution that yeah. they don't want you to to yeah. prostitute yourself sure, sure. for having kids that way so that I was gonna bring that up as well because I can imagine. Uh, I mean, I've I've done a little bit of research on this mm-hmm. since yeah. since wanting to talk to you, and I, I've I've read the arguments against you know from from all sides of it because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm fascinated and I I don't know I, I I'm just glad that people who really care are wanting to make kids you know in whatever yeah. way that's possible. But I, I get I certainly get the concern that it would be you know a potential of prostitution, but I also feel like prostitution itself should just be legal. You know, I, I think exploitation is horrible. And we should always fight against that. But the yeah. choice of adults to do what they'd like to do, and yeah, and and I would say as long as as the woman who decides who decides to to carry someone else's child, as long as it's voluntary and she does it because she feels that it's a good yes. thing to do, yes, uh, then then I'm all in for yeah. it. I I don't. I mean, in India there are stories about farms. Oh, I'm sure. I'm uh, sure where they keep the girls uh, more right. or less not maybe not locked up, but they keep them in these farms and yeah. the money the the little money the girls make they actually send back to their oh, families okay. and yeah. so it's horrible and I could sure. never do anything like that no. um, in in India and that's why I figured when I was researching that the U.S. was the only place that it would be viable for me. How interesting that that's legal in the U.S. Of all places, you know, yeah. generally Europe is so much more hip and progressive, and that we've got that as a thing. Yeah, up as a really and the interesting, interesting thing is that that the the women here, the surrogates, the, the carriers, actually have almost uh, trade unions, and and so, they're very well mm, organized, and and they have um, the contracts you write with them give them great rights, not yeah. to the to the kids, but they get health care. Of course, they get paid for their sure. service. Uh, sure. um, so so they're really well protected. It. Yeah. Um, I, and now, and we don't have to go into the specifics or specifics or details. But um, you know, when a woman agrees to do this, and I know people think, well, God, you can't just give up a child. You know, you can't. How can you ever really decouple that you know maternal attachment to that child? Yeah. So when 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 that happens, when you make a deal with with a surrogate mother, mm-hmm. um, 
what are is that up to you as a discretionary be like listen if you want to come hang out for holidays and you want to know this child how does that work you can choose as as the parent like as the the one who gets the child at the end you can choose to um, to say that you want the surrogate to be part of their life mm-hmm. and uh, of the children's life and i definitely want the surrogate to be part of my children's yeah. life and upbringing so for example i have friends who live in denmark who have two kids through surrogacy with two different moms but that's uh, two different surrogates yeah. and and uh, they go back to the us every year for their birthday huh. so they spend their birthday with their birth mother Wow. Who is actually not the genetic mother because that's right. the way the way you do it. Yes. So so it's their birth mother, but that is the that is their their mom. That is the woman that they see as their mom. They sat together in the park as the evening sky grew dark. She looked at him and he felt a spark tingle to his bones. Twas then he felt alone. Wished that he'd gone straight Watched out for a simple twist of fate Can you track back to that? Because that, that's also pretty fascinating to me. So yeah, if, if yeah exactly. I mean, yeah, so the way you do it is you actually, um, also for legal reasons, you you have an egg donor mm-hmm. where you uh, buy the eggs. Um, they can either be frozen or fresh. Then you, um, I don't know what you call that in English, actually, if you fertilize the eggs or, right. yeah, um, and and then you grow them in a petri dish. They uh, they do some testing on them if you decide that, and then they will transfer them to the surrogate mom, and it's not going to be her eggs. Right. Um, and and that's, no that's, genetic material other than, like, the microbiome is passed, right? They don't have any of the genetic traits of the birth mother or is that do you know no, if there's no epigenetic uh, no, sort of the- no so it, it will be the genes of the of the egg donor mm-hmm. um, and my and my jo- and yeah. my genes yeah now that's another thing so didn't you say you were going to possibly mix like mm. yours and your your partners maybe or? no the, the the idea was that i'm older than he is mm-hmm. so i would do it first and then he would do it okay. second okay um, we also thought about having as you can, if you have a surrogate mom that's willing to um, to do twins, mm. you can actually do the oh, thing wow. where you divide the eggs into, <laughs> kind of use his sperm for something and my sperm for something else, and then you kind of make make, a, make one egg of each, and then you transfer both eggs, and then there's a well, you probably I, you would be able to. For us, you'd be able to you'd tell. Be able to tell. Yeah, okay. he's redhead. I'm oh, I'm, I'm more dark. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you'd probably be able to tell. Not going to come out a matching set. <laughs> no, that's, probably not. Yeah, that's um, so fascinating. But man. yeah, so so that would make them, yeah, yeah, twins. Um, uh, but but what we thought about was to again to divide the eggs into mm-hmm. and then use half of the eggs for me first and then use the second half of the eggs for him, uh, so that they will still have the same biological mom. Um, yeah. So they will be half siblings. Yes. Uh, so they will still have that gen- genetic when you choose the egg donor. Some of the companies actually make it possible for you to meet the donor either face to face or if you live far apart, like Skype, then type Skype type yeah. FaceTime, whatever. So you can actually meet the donor and see what she's like. That's great. And and also the 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 agency that I decided to use actually has a a provision that she has to agree that I use her eggs. 
So, oh. so she has a right to say to no. Say, no I, don't I don't want to. Like I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't like this guy. He doesn't seem right. We don't have a good chemistry. I. I don't want to sell my ex to him. I think that's really cool yeah, that she gets a say in that. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know if all the agencies does it. I don't think so. But the the one that I chose actually does, and I think that's really cool. And the same with the surrogate. So they, right. So there's full discretion at every one, every turn. There's discretionary. Yeah. So right when on. when when the eggs are fertilized and and growing and and after five days they um, they can actually tell what's going to be the embryo and what's going to be the placenta. Uh, it's really cool after five days. Wow. So so what they do if you want it is and I would like that is that they take out one cell of what's going to be the placenta and then they have the genetic code for for that baby. Whoa. And then they will run through tests, genetic yeah. tests for everything, um, any uh, genetic defect that might yeah. be, and and then they sort all the eggs. Yes. So they will say they will they will list them up number one, two, three, like who has the highest, which of these eggs has the highest probability of turning into an actual baby. Wow. And then you just of course choose the top one. Have you looked into CRISPR at all and all that sort of technology? No. Oh my god. There's so much weird shit coming down the line okay. as far as like genetics. People are, uh, I mean, I don't know how far away we are from this, but there are people who are developing, you know, almost being able to write things into the genetic code. Oh yeah, I'm sure. That's you know, not a place. That's like, no, then we're talking designer babies and, and that's not where I want right. to go. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, I actually just want to choose the top one. Right. Uh, because what they say, uh, the, I mean, the, the one that has the highest probability sure. of turning into a, that's an actual human being. That, that's the bridge too far. <laughs> the, the yeah, for me it is. Aspect, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I could, I could see the, the ideas and, and sure. the, the things behind why you would want to do it. Yeah, like a but six still, foot seven, you know, basketball super athlete or exactly, whatever. Something you know, like that. Brilliant, yeah. you know. Yeah, but no, I would hard. Turn. It would almost be, if that becomes a thing, it would be almost immoral not to do it or unethical not to do it. You know, you, just, yeah, just because you, I, but I think that <laughs> right. they're talking about superhumans and how right. they can genetically yeah. make the superhumans yeah, in the yeah. future. And I think <clears throat> our human race will be, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of another form of evolution. Yeah. Right, maybe. Yeah. And, and the ones that are not superhuman will be sorted out. And yeah. then there's the whole, talk about okay so who can afford to have right. super kids yeah, and who no, cannot a, a whole new inequality starting even yeah. further back yeah, so yeah so well i won't make you talk about that i'm not I really going there because I, I yeah yeah i think it's still a few years yeah. out in the future so yeah i'm but, sure it's but you you can look at the at the different options and and or the different genetics in the different kids and see yeah. uh, if there are anything if there are any chromosomes really amazing yeah and then then once they've ordered them in in the in the order of whose, which egg is the most, uh, right. which embryo is the most has the most chance of becoming a, a baby, yeah. then you you pick the one you want, and uh, so you can also see the gender of the kid already there. I mean, do you want to have boys? Well, then you should only go for number three and number seven, or if you want to, have a, yeah, whatever. So that's so incredible to me. Man. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, the fact that we can do that is incredible, and the fact that we are doing that is even more. Yeah, you know, more amazing to me. Now it, yeah. I've got t kind of a couple. I know your your time is is fairly oh, limited, okay. but um, I, I'm sort of um, I'm hip on these hypothetical questions. Mm -hmm. uh, if you could just grow entirely petri dish, you know, and just make a human in a vat mm -hmm. and never have a mother directly involved to carry through, yeah, is it, would you? 
what would you think of that? Would you, would you I, feel like that would ameliorate any of the qualms that people have with it? Or would you? Well, it might, for some people, it might be easier to accept that it was done that way. Mm. But for me, I still believe that you might be able to, let's say that you were able mm. to grow this in a petri dish and you didn't need a surrogate at all. Mm. Uh, I still think that there is something that the sure. baby gets from the, oh. the carrier, the yeah. mom, that we don't know about. There yeah, are some energetic things, right. there are some things sure through life yeah. through growing in in their mother's womb yeah um so i would i would never go that way yeah um, i mean just sound movement uh, everything you exactly know, yeah where your and mom goes what your mom eats those so, yeah yeah so oh, uh, right. yeah so that would be too sterile but i'm i'm sure that it's going to happen at some it point may thanks for indulging that weird question I yeah, well, it was, <laughs> but no, so more seriously um you know the i'm sure you've been asked this i think actually i don't know if maybe i asked it or my wife asked it but adoption, you know, people, there are clearly, you know, a lot of kids out there that don't have parents. They're alive. They're waiting to be adopted. Yeah. And, uh, and I know, I, I, I already know your answer to this, but if you, if you wouldn't mind taking you know, people that aren't familiar with this through why, why you would not adopt. It's, yeah. Well, as a Dane, um, I have no idea what the rules are in the U.S., but as a Dane, um, the rules in adoption is that we can, as a gay couple, mm -hmm. you can adopt. That's legal in Denmark. So that's great. Uh, the thing is that the, the the donor countries or the countries that where you get the adoption from, they have to allow it as well. Sure. So that leaves out a lot of the countries. Um, actually, at the moment, um, as far as I know, um, this may be one, two, three years old information, but because I haven't looked into it since. Sure. But but a few years back, the only way to adopt as a gay man in or a gay couple in um, in Denmark was from South Africa. Really? Yeah. Uh, and in South Africa, they have this rule that says, oh, if this is a gay couple adopting, then they can have um, the kids with a mental handicap, a physical handicap, HIV or diabetes. Sure. Um, and it's not that I don't want to have a kid like that because I never, I don't know what kind of kid I'm going to have. Right, even with and, all the genetic stuff. You just, yeah. yeah, and you don't know. And I, I mean, I could live with all these things. That wouldn't be a problem. But I, the, the thing is that I feel it... Like they're saying, he's a second-rate citizen because sure. he's gay, so yeah. he can only have the second-rate uh, kids. Right. And um, I can't. That I can't live with. Right. That, yeah, that's not. That's a, not something I want to support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'd be one thing if you were on the same playing field and everyone was likely to pick up any kind of child. Yeah. So so that yeah. is the reason, and then also. Um, I think that when it's possible to have your own child. It's just, I mean, for me, that just... For sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, that there's a... Uh, the argument is, you know, you were saying, you mentioned selfishness earlier. The mm. argument is that, it's, that it is a selfish thing. Like, yeah. you know, that people, oh, this is such a selfish thing. Why don't, you know... Yeah, and it, then... That's a pretty subjective thing to say that anyone else is being selfish or that they're being, you know... Yeah. And I mean, I I always joke that I have so great genes that I want uh, I want you, to pass you them keep on. Keep going, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? One breath away from Mother Oceania. Your nimble feet make prints in my sand. You have done.
when you brought up that that image um, or the the concept of there being kids out there that are you know that have they're just born in that lottery in a bad spot mm. you know they've got these huge disadvantages or things that um, that make life difficult and that it just conjures up this like incalculable sadness for me that there's like a almost like a pound or oh, like yeah. that sad puppy who's never getting picked up I and totally that, that get that what exists you're saying. Is just a really brutal thing, and and I really, I really admire the the, the people who want to take on um, yeah. adopting and yeah. and um, the issues that 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 can come with it. Uh, I just, how do we get as a culture? I mean, as a people, a species, how do we get all these kids taken care of? You know, I, mean, yeah. I I feel like if there is any part of the answer, letting people who want to make kids and are interested in making good kids. And making smart kids, mm-hmm. let them make kids. You know, like you yeah. and your partner clearly give a shit. Yeah. You clearly want to make, I mean, a top-notch human being without going to, to Gattaca and making some superhuman baby. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you want to do your best and make good kids, and hopefully, uh, you know, as good people breed, they will hopefully outbreed all the assholes that are out there and all the morons that are out there. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but maybe... You could wish. Um, But that seems like, to me, if there's any way to sort of combat that that horrible sadness of of that, you know, um, humane society type of uh, adoption scenario where there are kids that are, you know, second class or whatever, undesirables, that just seems so... um, it, It... it seems like if we're ever going to defeat that, it's going to have to be letting good people have kids, you know. And yeah, uh, and and then um, the ones. I mean, I re- truly respect the people who want to work uh, and yeah. and who wants to help um, yes. and and want to adopt that way. So, I mean, yeah, that's just not for me. Right. I, I can't be part of the. The, making me a that second rate. Yeah. yeah, the the double standards in that. Sure. So, so um, yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I mean, I'm sure you've had to put up with a lot of that shit in your uh, in your life. I mean, at what point? I don't know if this is too personal. You don't have to answer no. it if you don't want to. But at what point did you know that you were gay? Like, did you? I probably knew when I was 15, 16. Uh, but but it wasn't something that I really acted on until I yeah. was in my late teens, and mm-hmm. and then yeah, it just kind you came of out to your family or uh, came out came out to my family and friends when I was twenty five, I think. Yeah. So it wasn't something that I did right away. And there right. was a lot of shame um, associated with it, even though there was no need for it. I mean, sure. growing up in Denmark and Scandinavia, it's very accepting, yeah. very open culture. Yeah. Uh, so and 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 my parents have supported me and all my friends. I've never, yeah. I mean, I've been very fortunate. Yes. Uh, very fortunate. I haven't had anyone turn me down or walk away from me yeah. or or give me any problems right. for being who I am. So yeah. so I've never really thought of it. And it's interesting then to go here to the U.S. and meet uh, gay people and hear their life stories about how, how, different. how different it's been for them. And, and also, I mean, it also happens in Denmark. I'm, sure. I'm just fortunate to come from a place in Denmark where it's not. But well, if you go to the more rural areas, of course, there are right. m- more intolerance. Um, I don't know if it's of course, but that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. unfortunately... A- fairly accurate stereotype i mean i've certainly been in a lot of rural settings that are amazing and people yeah are, you know great people enlightened um, and wonderful and don't care about any of that sort of thing uh, for me i mean i've i've brought this up before i, I kind of i mean i'm just like a a white guy 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing particularly different about me. I just sort of ran down the middle, you know, uh, and I, I, the what it takes to be your honest self. For me, it's not that uh, there's nothing challenging about it. I can just, you know, if yeah. I suddenly started, like, I was really into hip-hop and wanted to wear, you know, baggy pants, like, you know, that... <laughs> People will be look at you a little weird, but yeah, people but, would accept it and say, "Oh, yeah, you're into hip hop." Like even that yeah. would be tough for me to be like, "Oh man, I really want to get a gold tooth and be, you know, like whatever." Yeah. Like I don't mean to compare that in any way to your 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 no no your but, scenario, but like the the what it takes to 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 come out and know that you are going to have to at some point deal with some shit for people that that is like. I mean, never mind the fact that there are special rules for how you would adopt a child or, mm. or that there are discriminatory things and that it's just recently legal for you and your partner to be married, you mm. know, that sort of thing. Well, actually, in Denmark, it's been legal since 1989. Right. So it's oh, been wow, legal for, yeah, yeah, we were the front runners in that field. That's great. So growing up in Denmark, and that's actually... Uh, 1989, wow. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. So growing up in Denmark actually has made me feel that, like, I'm not that different. Yes. I don't feel different. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and yeah, it's great, and it's it's great to feel that way. And I've always grown up like that, and and came out, and I don't really think about that I'm gay. Yeah, it's not something it's, that I think right. about. It I'm not during, walking around thinking, man, I'm sure I am straight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't. A, so I don't. But I think it's because I've been so fortunate that I haven't had any issues. I haven't had any big traumas of people abandoning me or leaving me or saying that they don't want to talk to me or giving me shit for being who I am so for me it's just been so easy and I'm just so fortunate fortunate for that Um, yeah so I want more of that yeah when you brought up when we first started talking you brought up you know like a gay swim club Mm. and like I mean, I, I like that there are cultural touch points like that, that there is, you know, a gay bar and that yeah. there is, you know, oh, like, absolutely. that there are those things. But it's, I'm hoping for that day when that's just an, it's like an unnecessary thing, you know, that like you yeah, still I'm, have that culturally, but like, it's not that you have to go to the gay swim thing to feel comfortable or to be, you know. Yeah. Just, and the interesting thing is actually that I would say in Denmark, it is not and we don't have that many gay bars in Copenhagen anymore because the gay people just go, just go to, to any bars. Yeah. And the thing is that for me as a gay person, that's been a bit annoying. So I uh, actually, I, because I grew, I grew up in a, like 20 years ago when I was uh, in my uh, early 20s, uh, I grew up with having the gay bars, the gay discotheque, and we'd sure, go there, and you sure. wouldn't know that everyone there were on your team. Like, right, So right. if you find a really hot guy, you wouldn't know, okay, you know. he's probably gay too, because he wouldn't be here if he wasn't. Right, yeah, yeah. Today you can go into a bar and you find this really hot guy, and then all of a sudden he's with a woman kissing yeah. the girl that you were like, oh, interesting. Uh, so, like, boy, that shirt was awfully tight. Yeah. Sure okay. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah. so that gives it some advantages, no. and I think yeah. that there will always be a need and a room sure. for for the, for yeah. the gay clubs. Yeah. Uh, also, the swimming. I mean, um, it's it's great fun um, to to be on a gay swim team, and yeah. every, anyone, everyone there can kind of relate. Right. Uh, so, um, yeah. Now I kind of feel I, I've been to. Uh, I don't drink anymore, but you know, when we lived in New Orleans, I certainly drank, and there's a really cool place it was called the country club mm-hmm. and it was definitely a gay uh it was a gay country club but anybody could go you know? mm, yeah cool. and it, my wife and i would go sit by the pool and she would get drinks and we'd swim and stuff and and it was like nudity was cool at the time i don't know if you know if that's still happening but and i didn't really think about the fact that you know 
I hope I didn't make anybody uncomfortable. Or I'm whatever, sure you, you didn't know, make anyone uncomfortable. But, I mean, yeah. we. I, I would say I would never. I mean, there would be straight people at the gay bars even yeah. back 20 years That's ago. That's fun, man. And exactly. And there was never. As long as the people who come into the gay bar have an open mind and know that they're at a gay bar, right. and like, okay, I'm at a gay bar, yeah. so some guy, so a guy walks into a gay bar who's straight, and some guy hits on him, then yeah, don't be freaked out. Don't be asshole. freaked out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, if if that's the attitude that you go in there with, and sure, then, and then sure. someone someone uh, wants yeah. to buy you a drink, and you're like, hey, no, thank you, that's very right. kind of you, yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's not really where I'm going tonight. Yeah. Then that's fine. But if if you want to start a fight over it, oh, then, then you're in the wrong spot. You've Come in exactly. to start a fight. That's yeah, your, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, and I've, so, um, I've certainly had some really good times in gay bars um, as a straight guy. I, I, I was a bartender for many years, okay, and cool. my best customers were always gay couples, like yeah. uh, lesbian and gay men. Like I, they were just always so having such a great time. Mm. They weren't worried about getting home to kids, you know. Like yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that's one of the advantages for some of us, right? Yeah. Right. And so, like, that's when I hear about two things: one, gay couples wanting to get married and gay couples wanting to have children, I always thought, like, God, that's, like, two of the best re things about being gay is you don't have to be burdened with <laughs> kids or, you know, the sort of shackles of marriage. You know? Yeah. But so, to me, when I see gay couples that want those two things, like, man, they really deserve it. Mm. Like, if you if you have this sort of almost unconditional freedom from those things yeah. and you still want them, that's that's who you want to have it. You yeah. want those people to get married and you want those people to have kids because yeah, they you. are really... In spite of the cornucopia of choice available to them, or choosing that path, like. yeah, and it, it it is a tough. I mean, it's not a tough choice, but it is a choice, and it is yeah. is a it's a you really have to work to get there because oh, the man. financial cost of sure. surrogacy is is also substantial. Substantial, I imagine you've already spent a lot of money just in the research and the... Well, I haven't spent that much money in the research because a lot of things you can do online right. and, and uh, also they have a lot of free meetings where you can go and learn oh, the cool. different um, the different uh, agencies because they all want you to work with them, sure, of course, because sure. that's how they make money. So yeah. um, so it's, it's, it hasn't cost me that much yet, but it's definitely it's going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're talking around $100,000 and $150,000 okay. per child. How far along are you guys in the process? Have you... We haven't really um, started the process as such. We found out which agency, or I found out. It's yeah. primarily my. I would say it's primarily my, my process right now, sure. uh, because I'm going to be the dad in the beginning, yeah. and because we're living so far apart. Yeah. So it's difficult to do everything together. But we talk about right. it, and and but it is my process right now. Do you have plans to live in the same place eventually? Oh yeah. Or, or yeah. Where do you so? Copenhagen? We don't know yet. Tonight? So, no. Like um, my partner still has a year left in England, so we might end up living here in the U.S., yeah. uh, depending on where he's going. That's great. Uh, and then we might move to... I would eventually want to move to Copenhagen. Yeah. Uh, I would like to that's go back. That's home. Yeah, that's home. Yeah. This is home, too, but, but Denmark is just... Because there's so many other things that are good about Denmark, oh, like free education, yes. uh, free health care, um, a lot of tax, but still, I pay my tax happily because I know that what I get for it. Yeah. So particularly if you got kids, I mean, those are exactly free school. For injury, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and also like free daycare, not free daycare, but heavily subsidized daycare, um, free education all the way through university and postgraduate. Yeah. Um, free healthcare for everyone. And so liberal and modern sort of culture. Yeah. I mean, gay marriage since 1989. That's 
Yeah, so, so I, I would definitely want my, my kids to grow up with those values. Yeah. And then they can go move back to the U.S. if they want to. Um, because they will be dual citizens. That's one of the other things yeah, right, about that's right. the he's, he's that Because uh, they will be born in America, they will mm-hmm. be American citizens. And because they're mine, uh, at least yeah. some of them will be um, uh, Danish citizens. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. So if, um, if people are out there and they're, you know, curious and want to learn more about this or offended and just want to get outraged where do they go to learn more about this is there like a um, mean, other than just googling i would just know, google it just google, um yeah. yeah there's so much information out uh, there do you have a website are you you're, i do but I, it's, it's not really wor- it's not really like yeah, okay. online so gotcha, um gotcha. i just uh, i i don't know how you know how people react to these sorts of things i I'm never offended by any of it. If I'm offended by something, it's because I don't understand it. Yeah. That's my, my thinking. Yeah. Um, or it's, you know, just some horrible, reprehensible stuff that's just objectively offensive to, to you know, humanity as yeah. a whole. None of this is offensive to me. I think it's beautiful, and it's it's the cool challenge of our, our time that we're experiencing these uh, sort of shifts in our consciousness that we, you know, we want to experience. Um, I mean, men and women breaking the paradigm of marriage mm. and what a family is you know what, what, what you think family? of as a family yeah. all that is up in the air mm. um, and, and with people honestly just looking back in our past our ancestral past and our evolutionary past mm-hmm. to find out what kind of creature we actually are I think a cool combination of our ability to look at the past to shape our futures is uh, it's hopeful to me that we're we're on that path now and yeah so I'm in in part of what we're doing in this uh, our journey, you know, showing one that there's an, another way to live. Mm. You, know, you can you can just go ahead and pursue whatever dreams you you have right yeah. away and not wait for retirement. Uh, two, we want to meet people who do fun and interesting things, and we really also want to have the opportunity to to highlight things that a lot of people aren't normally exposed to, mm. and yeah. you know. Uh, a gay couple looking to make, you know, a surrogate family. I mean, that's that's just something most people don't have any kind of. And I live in Sebastopol, man. This is a, you know, you know where I live. It's a yeah. pretty open minded open minded place. place. And I'd I'd never been exposed to it. I just yeah. had never, you know, never met anyone. So um, I'm I'm real grateful for the opportunity to to talk to you about it, man. Thank and, you. Anytime. Um, I don't know. I urge anybody out there who's uh, curious to. To look it up, I guess just Google. Just Google surrogacy. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's so many options, so many, so many things to yeah. to Google. So yeah, I would just Google it. Cool. Well, thanks, Peter. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having yeah, me in this it. wonderful little uh, it's car. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's gonna be this van. is just it's <laughs> gonna be so fun for you. It's a fun way to take a lunch break, man. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. Explain so, that to your boss. Well, yeah. I was in this well, van. Yeah, I was in this van with this man that I hardly know. No, <laughs> no, it was really cool. Yeah, great. So uh, yeah, I might come visit you along the way. That would be Absolutely. really awesome to show Absolutely. up somewhere. We'd love to have you. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Peter. You're welcome. What's wrong, dear brother? Have you lost your faith? Don't you remember a better place? Needles and things done you in Like the setting sun Oh, dear brother, trouble 
Hi to our family and friends, new and old. This is Tiffany here saying thank you so very much for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We are having a lot of fun doing this. It's very exciting. Just wanted to say if you haven't already, you can follow us at our Instagram and Facebook pages, Monkey Tooth Podcast. You can also check out our website, mtp.dog. A lot of information there as well. Little bio on us, Andrew, myself, and Pele, our dog. There's a journal there, a few entries that we have put in. And soon to come, pictures of our travels. But right now, if you want to see pictures of our travels, go to our Facebook and Instagram page. Um, if you'd like to support us monetarily, which we very much appreciate, you can go to our Patreon and GoFundMe page at Monkey Tooth Podcast. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support us. And we have little trinkets that we'll send out, little postcards to our supporters from Patreon and GoFundMe. So thank you very, very much for all of your love and support. It's humbling, and we so much appreciate it very, very much. So we will see you next time. Take care and much love. Bye-bye.